Hello, everybody, and welcome to Slash Her, a delusional look into all things kooky, spooky, and terrifying. I said it backwards. <laughs> I'm Stormy. And I'm Adrian. Uh, it's still fucking December. <laughs> um, still the holiday season. <laughs> Seasonal depression is in full swing. <laughs> <laughs> the middle of the month. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, but yeah, everybody, welcome to our third week of Holiday Horror Month. And what a fun week we have in store for you, because we are going to be talking, obviously, about the 2006 version of Black Christmas uh two out of three and she's wild ladies and gents and days it's wild we're both drinking <laughs> what are you so, drinking my strawberry lemonade vodka gay oh okay i just have vodka and sierra mist so oh yeah mine's lemonade and vodka <laughs> <laughs> we have some really good lemonade downstairs actually from costco of all places they always have good food at costco Shout out Costco, please send us all your brand opportunities. <laughs> send us everything. We love Kirkland's brand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we haven't like drink together during a podcast in a minute. So it's dude, that used to be like a weekly occurrence. I would be trashed in my closet recording these fucking episodes. Uh-huh. The amount of wine that I went through the first couple episodes is insane. And it's so funny. And we did not plan this. We did not say, let's just drink for this episode. No. (laughs) We watched this movie. We were like coming into this prepared. And I feel like we both just felt like we need a drink. Literally. I was like, let me grab a drink and then I'll be ready to record. Me as fuck. I was like, okay, this is going to be a lot to talk about. So let me grab a drink and jump into it. And I'm quite excited to talk about this movie. And so I definitely want to jump into it as soon as possible. Um, I guess just quickly though, actually, big question. I have a big question uh-huh. for you. <laughs> oh no. So you haven't seen the 2019 Black Christmas film yet. So no, no, no. do you like the 2006 version or the original more so far comparing the two? Let's just get it out of the way. Um, I like the 2006 version more. <laughs> I yeah, the squish factor is always gonna be a plus for me. Okay. okay. Um it made me a little nauseous. I'm not going to lie. Mm. Or miss one. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know. If if something's if something makes me uncomfortable, I'm all about it. Okay. So. Okay. We'll talk a little bit more because I definitely want to dissect why. Yeah. <laughs> you said um, what? But first, before we get into the movie, let's do what's been spooking you. Stormy, what have you seen this week? Riverdale. No. <laughs> I, but I did get to watch uh, Final Destination 5 mm. last night. Um, she's a fucking mood. So I think one of my like eye-opening things when I was growing up is the movie Stick It, right? It's a gymnastics movie. Um, it's kind of like a gay awakening for a lot of people I figured out on Twitter. And the fucking fact... That ties in with Final Destination <laughs> 5, because that's when we get that gnarly fucking gymnastics kill, dude. Oh, so good. I mm-hmm. posted a post on Twitter with, like, a screen cap of that death, remember? And, like, I got... We both got it deleted, because I wanted to be, like... I wanted to see if it was just yours, because you had a bigger following. And I did it, and I was like... I instantly got deleted. And I think I tweeted, like, right after, like, you can literally watch somebody's asshole get stretched wide open here on Twitter, but I can't watch this body <laughs> get be filleted. 
squished. So funny. Um, so how was it watching it? Um, any Final Destination movie for me is a vibe. I love the Final Destination movies. They're ridiculous. There's nothing final about any of them because we're still going. The Final Destination was not the final movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, it's never going to live up to three. Like, never... Final Destination 3 is, like, top-tier horror in my okay. brain for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, I do know why. I think it's the nostalgia factor for me always. Sure. But the nail gun kill in the Home Depot. <laughs> so good. And it's Alexis Johnson, so. Yes. Final Destination 3 is so good. I do enjoy the fifth one, though. I do enjoy the Final Destination um, I really just enjoy it for the tie-in to the first movie at the end. I really enjoy that little moment. Yeah. So that's why that movie, like, on top of that uh, crazy gymnastic set, the ending really sells it for me, and I really enjoy that movie. What would you say is your favorite Final Destination? Movie out of all of them? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think we've talked about this, but fuck it. We talked about, you know what? I know exactly which episode we talked about Final Destination on. We talked about this exact same topic on our your next episode from last year. So if you are interested into maybe seeing how we felt back then, it might be the exact same. Go ahead and listen to that episode. It's <laughs> I know mine's episode. the exact same. Um, I feel like my favorite is the third. Yeah, for sure. I think it's the most fun. I think the deaths are really fun throughout the entire movie because some of the other movies kind of have, like some of the deaths are kind of like boring. Um and the third one, I feel like, is the, the most soundtrack? solid throughout. <sighs> soundtrack is great. But when you think of Final Destination, I mean, I think two of the main kills that you really do think of are Tanning Bed and Nail Gun. Um, and personally. the um, the log truck. Yeah, but, like, that's opening scene. To me, the second movie has the best opening, for sure. Because when you think Final Destination, you think log truck. Uh, or plane crash, I'm sure. But or like, roller coaster. <laughs> all of it honestly an iconic series but overall i think third is like my favorite movie so same cute what have you been watching this week uh so i was able to get to scream four uh in my rewatch of all the scream films and i still enjoy scream four a whole bunch i love it i'm again probably not gonna get too much into detail with it one day one day we'll get into it uh, but yeah, blast, love it. What I do want to talk about, though, is a movie called Black Friday. I don't know if you've heard about it. Um, it has Bruce Campbell, the iconic, the legendary Bruce Campbell. And it also has Devin Sawa in it. But the movie Not itself, Devin. <laughs> good old Devin. Uh, and he's, of course, delicious in this movie. Uh, but the movie itself is completely bonkers. It's so insane. It's a new release. It just came out, obviously around Black Friday this year. Um, and it's a great addition, I would say, to holiday horror. Um, it's really fun. We don't really have like horror movies that really kind of focus on Black Friday. So it was mm-hmm. nice to see something that did kind of focus on that. But pretty much the bare bones premise of it is like a weird alien parasite that lands in a city and it causes all these Black Friday shoppers to start morphing into like crazy alien monster things. Um, and start attacking the workers of the store. It's fully, uh, it's fully over the top, very comedic, but it does have some good moments and some great creature design. So if you're like super into like the, you know, the dark comedy kind of aspect of horror, then this is a great movie. And obviously if you're a fan of Bruce Campbell, check it out. 
Um, but it's fantastic. I will say the middle of the movie drags a bunch. Like they spend so much time in the middle of the movie doing kind of nothing. Um, mm. But beyond that, it's really a good time. So I would recommend checking it out if you haven't seen it. Where did you watch it? I rented it. I don't think it's available to stream right now. Oh, okay, cool. Um, but I mean, check it out if you guys have any extra funds laying around it. I would say it's worth a rent if the rent is at over $5. There you go. <laughs> Speaking of streaming, our movie this week is streaming on Tubi. It is. Shout out to Tubi, always just coming through and just being amazing. A real MVP lately. They stay supporting this podcast. <laughs> they don't know it, but... They've supported this entire month. Every single movie we watched this month has been watched through Tubi, right? Was Krampus on Tubi as well? No, I had to pay for Krampus. Oh, okay. I own Krampus, so I didn't have to watch it. But the last two movies, the children in this one, were courtesy of Tubi. So shout out Tubi. Also, it's going to be what is keeping us moving into next week because P2 is also available on Tubi. So yeah, honestly, Tubi's the MVP this month. I love that for us. <laughs> but you know what? Let's just, just jump into Black Christmas, really. I mean, I have nothing else to talk about besides this movie. So let's just dive right in. Hey, everybody. So if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. All righty, we are back. And this week we are discussing Black Christmas, the 2006 version. The film was originally released on December 25th, 2006. It was made on an estimated budget of about $9 million. We would then see an opening weekend of about $3.7 million in the U.S. and Canada before seeing a worldwide gross of about $21.5 million. The movie has a runtime of one hour and 35 minutes and is directed by Glenn Morgan, who also directed the 2003 film Willard. The cast is iconic. Like, the only reason I come back to this movie, probably besides, like, visuals and aesthetics, is this cast. Again, stacked. We have Michelle Trappenberg as Melissa, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Heather, Lacey Chabert as Dana, Katie Cassidy as Kelly, Kristen Cloak as Leigh, or Lee, I guess, Andrea Martin as Mrs. Mack, and Yan K. Crystal Lowe as Lauren. So... Black Christmas 2006, one Christmas Eve turns into a nightmare for the group of women that live in the Delta Alpha Kappa sorority house. An escaped lunatic is planning a trip home for the holiday and plans to kill anybody that may be in his way. So Black Christmas 2006, what do you think? This is your first time watching this movie and I'm kind of sorry, but you seem to have enjoyed it. So I guess I shouldn't have felt too bad. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't enjoy it. Okay. I just enjoy it more than the original Black Christmas. Interesting. I still, I, I, in my brain, I can't, <laughs> I can't understand that in my brain, but I can almost understand it kind of at the same time. A squish. True. So gory. I, I get to see more gore. Um, the 1974 version um, we get a lot of beautiful shots in that movie. 
Um, but it's not excessively gory. Um, so me being me, I like, (laughs) I like the squish. I like the blood. I like the just nasty, you know what I mean? (laughs) No, for sure. And I, I definitely understand. I mean, for me, for the longest time, this movie, when I would think of like Christmas horror, would like it automatically be the first movie I would think of. I clearly recall this movie being something that was very instrumental to me in my childhood, which is very funny. But oh, no. I remember, I remember the first time I watched this movie. I remember every other time that I watched this movie as a kid. I remember playing out this entire scenario and this entire plot with like my action figures constantly like I was obsessed with this movie as a kid um it was disgusting and gross and vile and I knew that as a child but the cast was iconic I love an all-female cast besides the the random boyfriend walking around this house um but like I just like everything about this to me was amazing as a kid and I loved it so much and as I've grown older it I don't care for it as much as I did when I was younger but I still mm-hmm. kind of appreciate everything that I enjoyed about it as a kid because it's still, you know, or those are still things that I enjoy now. Yeah. I wonder if like, because I know there's a couple of movies that I have this, like some movies were enjoyable to me back then because I knew I wasn't supposed to be watching them. Right. Like they were like inappropriate for my age group. They were taboo. I don't want to. I guess taboo is an okay word to use. Um, And then I like rewatch them later and I'm like, oh, like this is kind of like, yeah, there's still like the, obviously the same themes and stuff, but like it's more acceptable to view as an adult. And like that kind of loses the, dulls the luster on some movies for me. So I wonder if like maybe that's why you enjoy it less or your tastes have just changed as you got gotten older. Definitely my taste has changed. I had also watched the original Black Christmas when I was younger, um, not too long after I watched this movie. And I loved the original just as much as I loved this one. Uh, this one I watched first and this one was like, again, something that I would make sure I watched every single year. I was obsessed with it for the longest time. Uh, but when I watched the original Black Christmas, I just... There was a different type of like fascination I had with the movie. Um, first and foremost, and I don't think it really matters, it just feels more intelligent. Like the character development is just deep. Like there's topics that are happening in that movie in the 70s that are so interesting and so dynamic for a time that, I don't know, I guess you wouldn't see, I don't know, topics like that maybe taken as seriously as they were. I mean, they were discussing abortion and it was just really well done and I really enjoyed it. And I love the aspect of just not knowing who the killer is and like not knowing too much about them. Um, it's kind of something that we saw in the children last week. It's, I don't ever feel disappointed when I don't know what's happening. It doesn't lessen the movie for me. Sometimes like last week when there's a fucking, a bunch of goo everywhere, like uh, sometimes I want to know a little bit of what's going on, but if it's a man hiding out in the house and it's just killing people, that's scary enough for me. Like the aspect of somebody doing that is terrifying enough. I don't need to have a crazy backstory as to why they're doing it. Um, It doesn't hurt. And I don't think the backstory in this movie is necessarily bad because it's terrifying and it's disgusting. And it's like, it just, I mean, it sets up the two killers that we have in this movie very well. 
But I just, I don't know, there's like a magic with the first one. On top of it also just being like very instrumental to the slasher genre and just setting the way for a lot of movies after it. And just, I don't know, doing something that I really appreciate for a film. But this one, I guess you could say it's more fun. It definitely is more fun. Uh, I love the aesthetic of this movie. Like, they're blasting a Christmas song every five minutes. And like... Yeah, girl. (laughs) So loud. Every five minutes. They're fucking screaming. I felt like I needed to adjust. But like... um, But then dialogue would start and I'd be like, fuck. And I have to turn back up. (laughs) (laughs) But they... Yeah, legitimately just like it feels so Christmassy and I think that's one of the things I really enjoy about it because like sometimes with Christmas horror movies like you know there's some lights in the background and there's like some snow on the ground and you know like there's Christmas that's Christmas that's what we feel but this movie like they have lights hung up all over the sorority house they're constantly flashing green and red and there's just like so many gaudy decorations everywhere and it's just so gorgeous I love just the overall aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's so gorgeous. I fuck with it heavy. Like if I were, um, I want to have, like, this is how I imagine me decorating my house. Oh my God. For Christmas. Same. But, you know, I move too much. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe once I'm settled. I'll buy some actual Christmas decorations. But for now, I have my Charlie Brown tree. She's sad. And we like it that way. But I admire their aesthetic, and it's very beautiful. And it uh, there's a kill that, like, involves lights later on, and I fucks with it heavy. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the kills in this movie are, some of them, are really, really fun. So mm-hmm. the movie, def- it definitely succeeds, I guess, in what the studio was intending because there's a lot of tea there's a lot of drama with this movie glenn Mm -hmm. morgan the director was not really planning on the movie that we now have to really be the movie that he wanted to make um there was a lot of tension between him and the weinsteins because the weinsteins were the ones that were pushing forward the gore because yeah disgusting but they were the ones that were pushing forward the gore like they were the ones that were legitimately like shoehorning all of the disgusting nastiness that we see in this movie. Like, they wanted it to be as raunchy as it could be because, I mean, I guess if you look at 2006, I suppose, you know, Hostel had just come out the year before. Saw was still, you know, dominating the box office in terms of horror films. So it makes sense that they would maybe want to push it and have it be more bloody. You know, I guess I can see their point there. But when you do look at the original source material um, and Glenn Morgan's, like, overall goal with this movie it definitely just feels kind of like a slap in the face to him. And it makes me feel really bad because the movie was a failure. Like critically, financially, the movie was bad. And it kind of, honestly, I, I don't want to use the word like tank, but like he, it, it stalled his career. Like he never yeah. did anything else really after this. I think he directed like a few TV episodes and like that was it. And it's sad because like he had so much I feel like he had so much passion going into this project. Like he, of course, had Bob Clark, the original director's um, blessing. And like, he was like, going to go into this movie and make something that to me, at least from what he was initially intending, was like a love letter to the original movie. And, you know, here comes the studio, here comes the wine stains and just like shoehorn all this nonsense and, you know, into the movie. They would also like, 
apparently there was this drama that happened where with some TV spots and with some trailers, like the wine scenes behind his back, behind the director's back, were like filming random like spots to put in these trailers. And then, I mean, they were never used in the actual movie. Mm-hmm. When the Glenn Morgan found out about it, like he was, of course, furious. So it just kind of pisses me off. And it kind of definitely feels like the movie was doomed to fail from the jump. And it sucks, especially when you have an aesthetic like this and you have deaths like this and you have a cast like this. It definitely feels like a little disjointed and a little bit all over the place. Like they had this, they had the perfect setup and it just, it didn't hit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think for me, when I, when I'm like watching something in the vein of like holiday horror, to me, something that really like sells it for me is like atmosphere. I don't mind it being like fun and wild and crazy, but like I definitely like there to be the moments of like kind of taking a step back and like fully allowing us to like fully be encompassed by the atmosphere, I guess. And this movie really is just balls to the wall from the jump. Yeah. But it's a it's it's just it's a bit disappointing that we never really got to see what Glenn Morgan was intending. And it's also disappointing mm-hmm. because Bob Clark, the original director, after he saw this movie, he was obviously just not he was not happy about it. And he was he took it upon his own hand or he took it into his own hands and decided to just make a direct sequel to the original. We never got to see it, but he had already started like putting in the work to get that done. He was going to have Olivia Hussey come back, um, the main character in the original film, and have her be the house mother, um, and have John Saxton come back and replace his role as like the cop. So like he, of course, unfortunately passed before any of this could really come to fruition. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of sad, and like I wish we could have saw that movie, um, but you know we had Black Christmas two thousand six in. Even with all of its faults, like it is still a very fun movie. It starts off immediately with the man in the bag fucking blasting, <laughs> blasting girl over this amazing, gorgeous shot of the beautiful sorority house. I love it. And we are introduced to Claire, who she's just hanging out in her room and uh, gets murdered pretty much like right off the fucking bat. <laughs> yeah. What we come to later figure out is Agnes is hiding underneath her bed. And baby, this is why I check my bed every single night. <laughs> this is why my bed's on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> there's no room it is so funny but yeah she gets a bag over her head which we see a lot in this movie and then like the bags who the fuck has that many walmart bags they've been collecting <laughs> i also wonder how i mean uh Kelly kind of brings up the question at the end of the movie or near the end of the movie where she's like you know how long have they been hanging out in this house at least agnes like how long has agnes been living in this house because clearly there's mm-hmm. bags on bags. Like, I imagine Agnes having, like, uh, like one of those things that you carry when you walk your dog to, like, pick up their poop. Like, I feel like, <laughs> like, like a little carrier on her at all times. So when she's like, mm, time to fucking wrap ahead, baby. <laughs> she, she pulls it out and then, like, <laughs> and then puts it on their head. Uh-huh. It is so fucking funny. I, is it just me or does Agnes look like a blonde Ozzy Osbourne? Mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely i mean also of course uh agnes is played of course by a man right <laughs> the entire time um i think actually this is his only like acting role i believe like, <laughs> imagine they and i'm gonna say this as a joke and no disrespect to the actual actor um but imagine they just pulled like a random man off the street like he's <laughs> He's just like an extra, like <laughs> delivering pizza or something. You're like, you know what? <laughs> Get in here. You're the aesthetic we've been searching for. You look like a raggedy bitch. You want to? <laughs> <laughs> you want to 
play a psychopath for us? Um, I do love the nod, though, uh, to the original film when Claire in this movie is, like, walking towards the uh, closet and you see, like, the the bags and stuff. The clothes moving. The clothes moving, because obviously her character in the original film gets choked out by Billy in that movie by hiding out in there. Um, So I love that little fake out there. And yeah, she dies pretty quick. And that's about it. We get our crazy opening uh, title card. And we pretty much move right into like the flow of everything. We learn that Billy Lenz is being held at an asylum. Uh, we learn a little bit of his backstory, not too much at this time. And then from here, we do get to then meet our main cast. We see all the girls of the sorority, like just discussing their sorority sisters, where everybody's out for the holidays, um, and kind of get a vibe for everybody's character. Uh, so kind of looking at the characters, you know, we love to talk about them, baby. Who is like your favorite out of the sorority sisters? I know her as Gretchen <laughs> from Mean Girls. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck is her name? Lacey Chabert. Yes. Okay. Dana, Dana, Dana. That's who she plays. Uh, Dana's my favorite because she's literally Gretchen Wieners in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> she has the same vibe. She's bitchy, but also um Michelle Trachtenberg is just an icon in my eyes. So I also really enjoy Melissa. I do enjoy Melissa as well. So those two are probably like top tier for me. You? Um oh goodness. I feel like my favorite out of the sorority sisters. Wow, I'm really having to think about it. Um, I feel like they're all like on equal like level playing field with me. Like I really like all of them. And I mean, I love all the actresses. Uh, so like I just adore all the characters anyways. I think they all do really well. Um, if I was to pick a favorite. Oh, this is hard. I don't know why this is so Isn't hard. It? it really is. Um, I, 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 do, I do love Lauren. I love her throwback to Barb in the original film. Right. Um, just being like the drunken mess. Uh, I, 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 I do love Lauren. I do love her spiel about Christmas and how it's so fake. I mean, we had, I literally had that same spiel at the beginning of this month. So not as intelligent as her spiel was, of course, though. But like, <laughs> I love like everything about her vibe. But mm-hmm. I think really, yeah, I think Melissa, Michelle Trachtenberg, I think she's my favorite. Um, Truly, honestly, but Dana really does have the zingers. She makes me laugh like with mm-hmm. everything that she says. Uh, obviously, the bury the hatchet in my sister's head. Um, I also love when Lay pops up and like she's fucking spewing her shit. And, like I'm just like stressing out, and like Dana, I don't know where, just like cuts her off and goes. I really love that coat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I said she's very Gretchen Wieners. It is so good. I love it. <laughs> I am. We'll get to it, but I, I was was very disappointed in her death. I definitely want oh. to know more. From that yeah. day, I was so disappointed because she's so funny. Um, but yeah, we introduced all the girls. We, you know, get to get their dynamics and yata yata yata. Um, we did get a scene where Billy is escaping. We finally get to see somebody get stabbed with the fucking candy cane because um, Billy was in the asylum, obviously licky licky licky, and uh, he tricks the security guard. He uh, and it's also like these security guards. I feel like they're playing games with Billy. Like they, it feels like they're again like haunting him, haunting him. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you're. What do you expect from? What do you expect? Right, like you, you got what you deserved. Honestly, like, okay, so you work in an insane asylum. Like, 
that's not the place to play games. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know who you're fucking with? Like, come on now. Take your job seriously, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess the cop kind of takes his job seriously, but at the same time, it definitely feels like they're just mocking this person. And I'm like, mm-hmm. he is crazy. He, right. although was driven to that point by his disgusting, awful mother, he still literally ate her flesh. And like, I just wouldn't fuck with that. Like, I would just like, let that presence be in that room and I would just mind my own business but yeah it feels like they're taunting him and so he tricks the cop he like I honestly fucking probably spent the last five years fucking carving that hole into that wall because I don't understand how he got it so clean and so pretty uh, but the cop obviously is like panicking but yeah he gets stabbed in the fucking neck with a candy cane and it's a little titty it's a little titty I love that shit I know <clears throat> I know we've used that line like several times during our holiday horror months, it's like, oh, I love watching people get killed with candy cane. <laughs> but like, I love watching people get killed with candy canes. Like, ugh, I don't know. That in Icicles, girl, chef's kiss. Uh, the icicle kill? Mm. Yeah, it's mm. hot. So hot, I love it. Impaled. <laughs> <laughs> so good, so good. Uh, we also see, of course, that Megan, who's one of the sorority sisters, she doesn't last very long, uh, but we do get, of course, insight that she has slept with Kelly's boyfriend. So we do get a moment earlier in the movie uh, near the beginning where Kelly's talking with her boyfriend, Kyle. And, you know, they are discussing the worst person, <laughs> the worst person in the world. He is the first of many, 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 many. You're my family now or I'm your family now. Fucking he says that for the first time in this movie, we hear it 70 more times. Uh, but, you know, they have a little discourse back and forth. But we then learned that Megan, one of the sorority sisters, I guess it's left with him. I guess we really don't know if he's cheated on Kelly or if he was just fucking Megan before they started dating. Mm-hmm. But either way, it's like some low down, sketchy ass shit and I don't trust him. Right. But we do then learn, of course, that she's been sleeping with him because she's like staring at the fucking video. Their sex tape. I guess that's been leaked online. Mm-hmm. Girl, messy. But Megan doesn't last long because while she's in her room, she hears noises in the attic because Agnes is up there setting up her fucking Christmas decorations. And so she just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she moved in, girl. She's celebrating Christmas. She is, girl. This is her family now, and she's just a she's getting decorations set up. So Megan goes up there and she gets murdered very quickly. But we do get to see for the first time the fascination that you know these family members brother sister daughter daughter son yeah but they have a fascination with eyeballs and so this is the first kill where we get to see Agnes like rip out the eyeballs and it's disgusting I can't yeah (laughs) I love it how do we feel about that kill when you first saw it like were you kind of stunned when you saw the eyeballs because they then are a very permanent part of this movie but were you kind of stunned well yes and no I figured that would be a big thing because I remembered our discussion from the last one. Um, Cause I think there's quite a few shots in the original that focus on eyes. Um, and I remember you saying that like, that was a big thing in the second movie. So I was expecting some eyeball ripping out. Um, so no, I wasn't that shocked, but like, I wasn't shocked that it happened, but I was shocked in how like squishy it was. Yeah. Yeah, so icky, but love it, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy, there's some times where it's a little much, but like, I don't know, it, it's it's so nice. But it is one of those things where like, if like maybe too much is too much, like 
once or twice is like gaggy. I love it. I'm stunned. And like, if it's four times, I'm like, girl. You're like, I get it. (laughs) But the shot that we get, like, I think it's towards the very end for the Christmas tree is just decorating. Like there's, you see the Christmas tree branches decorated with eyeballs everywhere. And it's worth it, honestly, in my eyes. <laughs> you right, you right. Uh, from here, though, we get a quick scene of Billy killing the Santa back at the asylum. That Santa at the asylum is a horn dog. He is walking around these halls, sucking down candy canes. And I'm like, what are you doing? Go home, sir. You're going to mess it up uh, the last night? I know you haven't been good or something like that. And I was like, girl, what? You're at work. Yeah, this worker, like, walks by him and, like, Flirts with him. I, 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 I don't know. If I'm clocked in, I'm not horny. Like I just, well, that's a lot. That's, <laughs> that's why I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> but it's different. Like if I'm okay, if I'm working in an asylum, mm-hmm. I'm probably I'm not gonna be horny <laughs> in an asylum. Yeah, my nerves would be. I would be on edge like every second. If I'm working at like or like any fast paced job, I'm just not gonna be feeling it. Um. But I guess the Santa has nothing better to do than to walk around and to be briefed Wander up. the halls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he doesn't get to fuck this woman because Billy kills him. Off screen, Billy don't see... I mean, we see a lot of blood. I don't know how he kills him, but he does mm-hmm. it. And then we see his, like, arm at the end. <laughs> yeah, because Billy kills him and then stuffs him inside of the sack and then puts on the Santa suit and then, like, walks out and then throws his body in the fucking dumpster. And his arm is, like... His arm is what he was using to, like, carry him out. So I'm just like, what... like. It's just so funny to me. She's camp. That kills very camp to me. Yeah. The shot when he like throws him into the fucking dumpster is ridiculous. <laughs> um, but while this is happening, the girls are back at the house. And this is where they had that discussion about like just the fake aesthetic of Christmas. Lauren drags everything. Um, I love Melissa, like kind of mentioning, because you're talking about Billy, obviously. And uh, Heather, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who I love. And honestly, I know Destination 3, speaking of which... A legend. I love her. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is also Sky High. I love her in Sky High. She plays a good little oh, in Sky High. Uh, I have not seen Sky High in so long. Not to get on a tangent, but... It's such a good movie, right? Isn't like, it? I used to be so obsessed as a kid. That was probably, like, one of the last Disney originals that I really watched, honestly. Because um, I was just getting on, like, the edge of being, like, quote-unquote, too old for them. But... That's a fucking vibe. That movie's so good. I'm about to watch it tonight. Um, <laughs> but yes, Heather is like talking about Billy and like just like wondering why they have a tradition at the sorority house where they give him a present every year. Uh, which again, it's just like, it reminds me of the line in Scream 4 where Dewey is like, you know, one generation's tragedy is the next one's joke. I'm like, why are we like, this happened in 91. He killed yeah. somebody less, like just a little bit over 10 years ago, like 15 years ago. Like, it's pretty recent. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, right. I, why are we gifting the serial killer, as she, or as Mich- Melissa then corrects her and says he's a spree killer, not a serial killer. Right. Um, and I love that, too, because apparently Michelle Trattenberg during filming was, like, super obsessed with, like, serial killers and was, like, constantly researching them. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if this is, like, an improv line, but it, I feel like she might have improv that because it was, like, really funny to me. So at this point, this is where we do get the backstory of Billy. This is where we just dive into it. We learned that Billy was born with a rare liver disease that makes his skin yellow, which is a real condition. Oh, yeah. uh, we learned that his parents hated each other and Billy's mom 
couldn't stand to look at Billy because she just saw her husband and she hated him. And it's just like, why is man? Sounds too familiar. <laughs> man, this when your child is this age and just born, every baby looks the same. They all look like just a, a sack of potatoes. A sack of potatoes. Like it doesn't look like your husband. Just like stop it. You are a psycho woman. It does not look <laughs> like your husband. Just chill out. But she hates. Is your husband a sack of potatoes? <laughs> Apparently, I guess I don't know. Because five years later, at the age of five, poor Billy has to see her, his mother, and her lover murder his father and bury his body underneath the house. And then he gets locked up in the attic. And I have a question. I'm like, why lock him in the attic if you also see him crawling through the walls? Like he obviously <laughs> can just get out whenever he wants. So right. Like, He's quite literally a rat. He just scuttles all over this house. Later, he starts popping tiles out of the shower floor. Yeah. And also, I question your foundation. <laughs> Of like your house, your floors, <laughs> if you could just pop tiles out. Like, I feel like, like, they better be glad that they didn't have a thick bitch in that house. Cause if I was there, mm, <laughs> I'd be unintentionally curb stomping him because I would just go straight to the fucking floor. <laughs> he like knocks one of the tiles out, like just a peek and I'd step right over and my leg just goes straight. He's watching you shower and you just crush the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. He has little like peeky holes set up all over this house. There's one scene earlier or later on in the movie where I think it's when Kelly and Kai are in Megan's room talking, but when he pushes out the thumbtack and then... Yeah, the tiniest hole. It, it should be a tiny hole, but then it turns into like a fucking full fist, <laughs> yeah. feels like, because then it's like the biggest hole with his eye in it. I'm like, there's no way that's just where the thumbtack that, was. Baby. <laughs> yeah, that that's covered up with that thumbtack. That makes no sense. Like it just doesn't. And also like the poster kind of is like not even in the shot anymore when we look at his eye in that hole. I don't know. It's very funny to me. Um, but yeah, also I have a question. I, I guess the dad, or I guess Billy's father was a veteran because he talks, he has like a quick line of like saying how he was like in Vietnam or something. So does that like constitute them or does that mean then that that's how they afford this huge house? Because this house is big. Yeah, it's big enough to turn into a whole ass sorority house. Right, it's a big house. I'm assuming, I guess, maybe that's where his money's coming from as a veteran. But I... We have so many homeless veterans that, like... Yeah, so that's why I was like, it doesn't make sense. Like, what does the mom do? Right. Fucks her son, apparently. Girl. This movie. The more I sit here and think about it, I'm just like... I just watched that. It's it's something else. Um, from here, we cut back to the story house, where the girls start to get threatening phone calls from Claire's cell phone. Heather, of course, is like rightfully concerned right off the bat, but Lauren does make a good point, and she's like, you know, the police aren't going to fucking come from one prank phone call, so like, chill the fuck out. Um, they start to argue, and <laughs> Lauren gives her, uh, she tells Heather about her NASCAR daddy and shit, um, <laughs> and it is just so funny to me. I love when they like attack Heather in this movie, because I right. also feel like I would attack Heather in this movie, um, and so it just makes me laugh. Uh, we also get a small moment where we get to meet like the weird, quote unquote, weird sorority sister Eve, um, who's like being weird and gifting Heather a weird looking glass unicorn. And everybody just acts like she's so weird. And I'm like, she's just like wearing glasses and like hanging out. And like, you guys act like she's like so creepy. But I mean, I guess we don't really see what she does in like 
their day-to-day lives, but they're just being mean girls. I feel like she's probably just like one of those girls that's kind of mousy is the uh, like vibe that we get. They're just fucking mean to her. Like I wouldn't necessarily want a unicorn paperweight, but <laughs> I'm not going to be like, you're a fucking freak for giving this to me. The gift is shit. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she also says you're my family now. So this is again at least like the 20th time that we hear it in this movie. Uh, but from this little moment where we meet her, this is where we go back into the backstory again in Billy's life. And this is where we do see his mother molest him at the age of 12, just so she can get pregnant and give birth to Agnes nine months later. So they give us like that quick little tidbit, I think, to try to make Eve like a red herring, obviously, because then after Agnes is born, it like cuts back to her. And then we have a long tracking shot of her walking in the hall before she disappears from the movie. So they definitely set her up as like being Agnes, possibly. Like they wanted us to think that that's who Agnes is. And quite honestly, I probably would have been more interested in like that dynamic if like Agnes wasn't a crazy psychopath. She's secretly a sorority sister. Yeah. Or like she's just like a normal person who's just trying to, you know, I don't know. Like, Yeah, just trying to vibe and live her life and, you know do what she needs to do, but we end up getting crazy Agnes running around in pajamas with fucking an eyeball obsession. So um, do we kind of like that they can, that they use like the phone calls like they do in the original? Like, do we like that aspect of this movie? Um, I don't feel like, I don't feel like it hits as well. It doesn't because the voice just sounds like they're like playing clips of the movie. Like, it doesn't sound, like, authentic to me. Uh-huh. And also, like, in the movie, they give us some pretty vile dialogue in the original. Um, and in this one, it's kind of just like, I'm your family now. And I'm like, okay, so, like, okay. Like, wait, I was expecting, with how vile this movie is, with, like, its physical violence and the gore, I was expecting some nasty shit to be said especially in the early 2000s so what happened <laughs> i feel like that one vine was like what happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah it just wasn't it wasn't as interesting and to me like the phone calls in the original are like some of the scariest parts of that movie like because the things that it, it, billy is saying in that movie well we don't even know if it his name is billy in that movie they just say billy and agnes on the phone at some point in the original which is kind of where they drew inspiration from here or for this right. movie um, but yeah, like those phone calls were like actually unsettling. And these ones just kind of seem silly to me personally. Yeah. Um, but you know, whatever. It's it kind of just gives us like um I feel like it's only there to give them like a breadcrumb almost to be like, oh, we need to look for this person now or something like that. Yeah, true. Like every time somebody dies, they the you know, Agnes or whoever calls them from their yeah. cell phone. So like I guess like I understand that plot point, but like the calls just aren't interesting to me. Right. I don't know. I mean like do we like I don't know. How do we feel about Billy's entire backstory? Like I don't know if I needed to see all of that happening personally. Like I don't think it I don't know. I didn't need to see him get sexually assaulted by his mom. Right. And then, like, I don't understand necessarily what, like, him having jaundice has to do with anything. With anything. It sounds like they just wanted to paint him yellow, and it's kind of offensive. <laughs> I feel like, like... Yeah, I I, I don't get it. 
Um, but yeah, like I feel like they gave us too much and that made him less effective. They tried to make him scarier by giving him more backstory and it kind of backfired. Yeah, truly. Because he also like doesn't do like most of the killing in this movie. Right. It's Agnes doing everything. And like we don't get any information. Like we we'll talk about, I mean, whatever, we jump everywhere. Because we learn later on, obviously, that she does get attacked by him and gets one of her eyes ripped out um in 1991 mm-hmm. when he pretty much loses it and just kills everybody. Um, or at least his mom and her lover. Um, but like and makes skin cookies. <laughs> The skin cookies are like... I genuinely... I texted Adrian. That's the only thing that I texted him was skin cookies. That's all I sent him. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, skin cookies. Like, who... who uh, The Weinsteins, they forced this into the movie. Like, this part of the movie was never going to see... Like, I mean, it wasn't even in the script. Like, they just added this just to, you know, gag us. Well, they, they hinted at him being a cannibal earlier on. Whenever they mentioned the chicken, they're like, oh, we try and make it as close to mom as possible. Not saying like mom's chicken, but like as close to his mother's flesh, flesh as possible. <laughs> yeah. So like they already hinted at it. So I didn't need you to give me skin cookies, but you did. And okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> Honestly, fuck it. Let's talk about the, all of it because I, I I do enjoy seeing them die. At least the skin cookies were like yeah. really gross. I didn't need to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in ninety one, Billy's twenty one at this point, and he his mom like leaves him a fucking telescope or something in his in the attic, and so, like he angrily grabs it. And uh, it's not. It shouldn't be funny, but it makes me laugh. Like, but legitimately, how like aggressive he grabs this. <laughs> how aggressively he grabs this telescope to go look out the window, but he sees mm-hmm. a happy white family across the street in their fancy little house having a good Christmas <laughs> and so he's like fully triggered by this I mean understandably mm-hmm. so he's been locked in the attic since he was five um and so he decides to take it upon himself to go down there rip out Agnes's eyes stab the fucking dad I guess so you can call him in the fucking eye and he chokes at his mom with some Christmas lights and drags her body into the kitchen and beats the shit out of her with the fucking rolling pin and then proceeds to make cookies out of her skin. Okay, but the rolling pin, the bloody rolling pin being thrown on top of that flower is just, mm, it's good. It's a good so shot. Gorgeous. It is a good shot. And honestly, I like I enjoy her death. <laughs> like if anybody yeah, yeah, deserves yeah. something so disgusting and vile to happen to them, it should be her. Um, but I just didn't need to see the skin cookies. Like, I don't know. They could have cut the part of him actually doing it. I mean, whatever. Because it, it's just like, it was so gnarly. But I think it's one of the things that you really do remember about this movie is like, those fucking skin cookie scene. It's annoying, and it's annoying that it was shoehorned into this movie. But like, really, when you think of Black Christmas 2006, like you think of these fucking skin cookies. So mm-hmm. kudos, I guess, to them for that. Um. Anyways, so as the girls are continuing the gift giving, they get another call, but this time it's from Megan's cell phone. So mm-hmm. Callie runs up to her room, and Kyle's in his in Megan's room, just hiding out. And like everybody kind of questions him, and they're like, "What the fuck are you in Megan's room, just hiding out like a fucking weirdo?" And at that point, if I was Callie, I would have been, "We're done. You're done. Right. Leave my house. <laughs> You're done. You're done. Why are you in Megan's room, you fucking weirdo? Even if they weren't like having an affair, it's just kind of weird that you're hanging out in one of my sorority sisters' rooms. Like I also, you know, we're kind of scared that there's a serial killer also trying to come, or there's a spree killer <laughs> coming to try to kill us. Um, 
So like, what the fuck are you doing here? So I I would have been like done with him at that point, but whatever. And he's the one that tells him like the full backstory of like what happened to Billy when he killed his mom and so on and so forth. Um, After all this, we meet Claire's sister, Lee, who's just like randomly hanging out in the house also. Like, I guess they're they're wide. I guess their front door is just wide open. And I guess because of the storm, they just think nobody's going to pop up. But the fact that they have two people in this house killing them kind of just speaks to their stupidity. Um, but yeah, so Lee is able to just walk into this house and she's just standing in the living room making a crazy grand entrance. Um, and at this point, we also see that Billy, but it's Agnes really, because she's again, the one doing all of these things, I feel like. Um, she's left the toy for them, it's her baby doll, and they all freak out and yada, yada, yada. Uh, how do we like Lee as a character? Um, I personally don't enjoy her. <laughs> um, I understand... I understand why she acts the way that she acts. It's very understandable. It's very um, right in the moment. Like she's not doing anything out of the ordinary. She just kind of annoys me. I don't. I don't, I don't care for her. <laughs> well, I love her character, to be honest. I think it's yeah? because I always gravitate to like this just the snarky people like I love like yeah. the snarky quick wit and like sassy and just like you know I guess like bitchy I guess it's the best way to explain it. I love a good bitch in a movie and most mm-hmm. of these girls are kind of bitchy like they all have like that bitchy demeanor anyways which is probably why I really they're sorority girls so yeah which is probably why I really like this movie as a kid because like oh yeah oh yeah it's work like it was um, it's my way to see like shade and sass before like you know fucking drag race was on tv so like I enjoyed all of them and so Lee comes in as like you know she's a bitch who's tired of these bitches even like she's a bitch that hates bitches that are bitches because <laughs> like she's talking about the sorority house and how she fucking hated it and like she just never even fucking cared about it and i was like work i love it um but i do wish she had like more to do because like she comes up and she's like i'm looking for claire and then the next 20 minutes is her walking around being like i'm gonna look for my sister i'm searching from claire and i'm like there's only so many rooms in this house bitch like do it then and shut the fuck up. Give it up already. Or like, don't make an announcement every time you're walking into the room or leaving a room talking about how you're going to go try to find your sister. It's just, it's just it like, I wish they did more for her. Um, but in like her moments of dialogue and stuff, I think she's really fun. But yeah, her character is kind of very one note, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, but when she, does, <laughs> when she shows up, though, the power goes out in the house. Um, and then when that happens, because Kelly's up in the room with Kyle, they're talking. And, um, and so when the ta- when the power goes out, Megan's computer turns on. And of course, the video of them having sex is on the video or is on the screen. And so Kelly <laughs> literally panics. mounted on top of her on the screen. And he's just like instantly like side eyes her and like that was before you got here, girl. Like, what a loser. I can't stand him. Um, but it's so funny because then at this point they kick Kyle out of the house because Kelly's screaming at him and everybody comes up. And honestly, Mrs. Mack, a legend, Andrea Martin, also, of course, was in the original Black Christmas. I love Mrs. Mack in this movie uh, just as much as I love the house mother in the original movie. I think she's so fun. I think she adds a good dynamic for like the bitchiness of the girls. And when she comes up here and starts pushing Kyle out of the house, like I clap for her. She's my favorite. I love her. Yeah. Miss Mack is like, a vibe in both movies. Um, I do enjoy the original Smack more than I enjoy this one, but uh, just her character in general is a hit. Oh yeah, the original House Mother is so much funnier than you know what Mrs. Mac is doing in this movie or Miss Mac. I don't know. They, like they call her the subtitles say Mrs. 
but I don't think she's married, so I don't understand why. Um, but I think she's great. Mommy just because of, <laughs> just because I love Andrea Martin, uh, which is so funny to me because apparently, like, when she got asked to be part of this movie, like, she was like, "Oh, I didn't even like remember. I haven't thought about Black Christmas for thirty something years." And I was like, "Girl, I I wish I could have that energy where I just do something and I just forget about it and never have to worry about it again." Because if I was her, every day of my life would have been like, "Remember when you made that movie in 1974?" And I would like watch it and like critique myself and just like go crazy. So the fact that she was able to make a movie and just forget about it, I as- I aspire. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of actors that like, there's at least one movie that they're just like, mm, let's not talk about that. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston with Leprechaun, I'm sure. Never Ooh, wants to talk about that. Oh my God. That movie, I used to be terrified of Leprechauns because of that movie. Um, and like I was young enough to like not even be able to pronounce leprechaun. I used to call them pecans. The pecans were living in the trees, and <laughs> I was not about it. <laughs> I love it. That movie used to terrify me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's very funny that she just forgot about the Black Christmas movie. But I'm glad she graced us with her presence in this movie because she's really, really fun. Um while all this crazy nonsense is happening with Kyle, uh Lauren starts. Uh, to vomit her brains out. So Melissa is a sweet doll, like such a sweet sister. And they seem to have a nice relationship. We don't get like a lot between them, I guess. But the moments that they share together, like they seem to be like really good friends. So Melissa helps her out, gets her in the shower, tacks her into bed. It's very cute. But while all this is happening, Dana decides to go outside to try to get the power back on. And then that's when we get her death scene. And again, like, I wish we could have got more for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very... Um... Very simple. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just a stolen moment. and But, like, that's kind of what all of these are. There's not, like, some big diabolical plan, but just having as much, enjoying Dana as much as I do, I do wish that she had a better kill scene. Yeah, or even, like, a good... I mean, this movie is very, I mean, quick. They fill a lot into this runtime because, like, we at least spent 30 minutes, like, on Billy's backstory um and it's just like it's just, it's a lot happening but i definitely wish like even like a maybe like a little chase scene moment like i don't know chase her through the snow like imagine how iconic that would have been if like she was like being chased the snow and then like she tried to get back into the house and couldn't open the door and like i don't know like give us a little bit of something mm-hmm. but maybe she just didn't give a fuck and just wanted to die quick and easy and just move on with her fucking life <laughs> but <laughs> But yeah, it's boring. She gets like whipped. She gets dragged into the house and just gets stabbed in the back by a garden tool. And that's it. So a little a, a little underwhelming for Lacey Chabert. That's the second gardening tool we've had. <laughs> this month, you're right. It is like the same mm-hmm. type of tool, I think, actually. Yeah. Little claw looking thing. <laughs> um, after she dies, of course, the girls inside the house get a call from her cell phone. Um, and there's a lot of screaming going on on this call. So they all rush outside to find her. And this is where the movie kind of really picks up pace. And I enjoy from this moment until they, I guess, leave the house. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, they knock everybody out like fucking dominoes, but it's really fun to watch. But they all rush outside. Heather and Lee end up finding Eve's car. She's still there. Um, and her severed head is popping out to say hello when they open the door uh kelly and melissa see that there's like a scratch bloody scratch marks at the entrance underneath the house so the girls are panicking the girls are stressed um so they run back inside they call the police they're like hey somebody's dead 
girls are missing. Uh, Mrs. Mack is panicking and like ready to leave the fucking house immediately. So what would you do in this situation? Because Mrs. Mack and Heather say, let's leave. Let's just get in the car and get out of here and try to find safety elsewhere. And the other girls want to sit and wait for the police to come. But also, I guess it's because the other girls are missing and they don't want to just leave them just in case they are still alive. But what would you do in this situation? I'm leaving. Same. I am not staying in this house. Like, I would rather take my chances on this snowy road. If I'm missing, are you leaving? Ooh. If, I, if, if I'm missing, are you leaving? Yeah, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Because I would assume you're dead. Yeah, with as much <laughs> with as much horror as we watch in my brain, you're gone. You're a goner. I am. I will literally. I think we've had this conversation before, but like on the way out, I'd be like, Adrian, if you're out there, I love you so much. Text me if you're alive. <laughs> but <laughs> like, I self preservation is especially in the moment. I feel is very high for any normal human being and as much as i love you i feel like that like instinct would kick in and i would just assume you're dead and leave (laughs) i also if i just saw like a girl's head roll out of her car and i haven't Uh seen you for hours and Mm -hmm. if there's a storm going on outside and there's only like one other house on the street and like me screaming your name at the top of my lungs in this house doesn't get you to respond yeah you're dead like i don't yeah i don't know what i need to like i know like I know like delusions, like one of our taglines, and I know like denial is like a big part of grief. But if I also am about to die, like you're dead. If I haven't seen you for hours, if you're dead, what does me dying do? Like- yeah. Why am I gonna <laughs> let you, why am I gonna let you die in vain? Yeah. Right. So I'm I just in the car. <laughs> I'm gonna well, unless the thing is like I don't want to be a sitting duck. Like, we know that people are dying in this house. Why are we staying in this house? No matter the outlying, like, uh, criteria, like, in this house, people are dying. And in the general area of this house, like, the outside. So let's get away from there. We can gather ourselves and figure it out from there. Yeah. And, like, and Kelly's idea is, like, let's grab, like, the the poker from the fireplace and all just huddle together. And like, and, and, and in that idea, I guess, like, yes, if we all sit like in a corner and we all just like stare like straight ahead and like, we're just waiting at all angles for somebody to pop up and we all just like start wailing on somebody. That's great in an idea, but in execution, it could go very wrong very fast. And we also don't know what artillery these killers have. Like, what if they, what if Billy walked in with a shotgun and started blasting people? Your little <laughs> fucking fireplace poker isn't going to do anything, Kelly. Like, you just leave the house. <laughs> just leave the house. And there's one other house on the street, and Lee even made a point to it, like, the only other house on the street has power. Then why not go there? Mm-hmm. Why are we staying here? Why have we stayed here as long as we have, is the question. Right. Honestly. quite honest. As soon as they put, as soon as that fucking weird baby doll was underneath my fucking tree with a wrapping paper of a fucking article about the fucking murders that happened in this house. I'm leaving. I will not sit here. I will not sit here and fucking paint my nails and talk shit about my sorority sisters with the rest of you. Like I got to go. I want to live. Like, I know, like I just, like, I don't, I don't. I'm not going to be murdered by Billy Lenz and Agnes. I'm just not going to, I refuse. 
Yeah, this get, it's very sorority row vibes where who set the house on fire? <laughs> like <laughs> we get a little bit of that later on, girl, because the fucking house goes up in flames. Uh but anyways, as Heather and Mrs. Mack are attempting to leave, they both end up dying, unfortunately. Um, they're in the car, and it is so funny because Mrs. Mack pulls up like the window cleaner thing, and Heather immediately is like, <gasps> What are you gonna do with that? And she's like, are you fucking kidding? And it's just like... So you fucking southern princess, useless <laughs> bitch. It starts scrubbing the eyes. So funny. I'm also so disappointed in Heather's death. Mm-hmm. We don't see it. We get blood. That's it. So disappointed. Honestly, so disappointed. Like, you can't give me a Mary Elizabeth Winstead in a horror movie. And either... And like, I mean, and, and, and honestly... Going into this movie, I thought she was going to be the final girl. Like the first time I ever watched this movie, I thought she was going to be the final girl because yeah. she definitely has like the vibes of being like, you know, the good girl. I mean, Kelly also definitely has those vibes, um, but I just I, I don't know why. Like, I just thought she was going to be the good girl. Final Destination three came out around this exact same time, so right. like she to me I, I, against Sky High was like my shit. Like in my head when I was watching this movie, I was like, oh, she's going to be the girl that makes it to the end. If not her, then at least Michelle Chimberg. Like I thought one of those two were going to make it all the way, mm. and that wasn't the case. And then when I'm she did die, disappointed. Yeah, and then when she dies, I was like very disappointed. At least Melissa gets a cool death. Heather gets nothing and i was kind of disappointed but it does lead to mrs mac death or to mrs mac's death and honestly andrea martin deserves because that icicle to the head is iconic to me so mm-hmm. just it sinks so smoothly into her head i just i don't know it's beautiful Steph's kiss i don't want anything more from an icicle kill other than that it was so perfect honestly like you cannot no movie can ever do another icicle kill like i just i don't want to see it very final destination vibes honestly because like the killer doesn't even do that one. <laughs> yeah, not at all. It's the best one. It's like the best one in the movie, and like like the killer didn't even do it. Would you say it's the best death? Um, I mean, I guess Billy's mom overall. I guess is like the most gory and most intense. But like, I yeah, think this is, yeah, the funnest. I feel like, or the most fun. Um, satisfying. Like, I don't know. There's just like something about it sinking it i don't know it's just so smooth you know what i mean but probably the mom is the most satisfying like brain wise because she obviously deserves everything awful mm-hmm. fuck that bitch um but when they notice the car's not leaving kelly and yeah. <laughs> lee decide to go and like check on and see what's happening so they leave after kelly gives us huge spill about sticking together and we're sisters so they're like you stay here and watch lauren who's drunk and asleep and can't help you and they leave and i'm like girl you guys are so like what are y'all doing so this obviously leaves room for melissa to get fucking murdered agnes comes up behind her and tries to start like choking her out with this bag or tries to suffocate her with this bag melissa fights back a little bit um and then she goes and she like stands at this window for like an unnecessary amount of time mm-hmm. um she Fights off Agnes with the fucking hockey stick, I guess, for like a little bit. And when Agnes is on the floor, like, uh, pass her brains in. Like, I don't know. Right. Finish the job. Like, you're hitting her with a piece of wood. And Agnes is built like a linebacker. And you think this piece of wood is doing anything? (laughs) Like, you saw a woman's head severed clean from her body just 10 minutes ago and you think this piece of wood it, it's not even like you didn't even break the wood and stab her with it like do something and like and when she's messing with the window like or i need full like texas chainsaw massacre vibes just fucking jump through the window like if you want to survive throw you can, yourself through it throw yourself through it girl like 
I would much rather. I mean, there's a lot of snow. I'm sure there's cushion on the ground, I guess. I don't know how that works with snow, but I if it's packed down, it's really hard. Mm. But maybe it's fresh, fluffy, nice. It is because there's constantly snow falling. So it's like constantly fresh. Yeah. So maybe it's fresh and fluffy, and hopefully, like the stuff at the bottom isn't too frozen. So it doesn't hurt too bad. But like, obviously, I would rather take crashing into hard ass snow. Then get fucking murdered by Agnes's crazy bitch. So, uh huh. We did get a fun death though. She gets a great death because in Agnes, you know, because again, like I, I think it's so comedic to me. But like, she hits her with this stick. The sound design is bad in that moment because it just sounds like she's legitimately hitting her with like a, a branch that she found outside. Um, and then when Agnes goes to the ground, she's not even like knocked out or sprawled out on the ground. Like she's just like on the ground like just like trying to avoid the hits and then so melissa's there like just fidgeting with this window and so agnes like slowly writes up and looks around the room and it's like what can i kill this bitch with and she fucking sees some ice skates um and they're just like fucking just fucking wails them at her and like the blade cuts like a chunk of her head off and it's kind of cool i really enjoyed that death a lot i love the way it splatters on the window Hmm. I there's just something about blood splatter, dude. I don't know. We get a lot of it in this movie, but it is really satisfying. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, Michelle Jackenberg obviously only agreed to be in this movie. She died. I'm pretty sure that they were aiming to have her like make it all the way, but she said that she would only do it if she died. So I mean, kudos to her. She got a fun little a fun little scene. She said, "Murder me, please." That'd be me if I'm in a horror movie. Kill me. Period. Like, I want to die. I want people to have hope. I want people to have hope that I live. I want to make it through something. And then I want you to savagely murder me while I'm Same. on my knees. Same. <laughs> I love, like, the Scream trio, but I, I could never. I want to die. I want to I want to make people cry for me. Maybe it's the narcissist in me, but I want people to die. just cry and bawl for my character dying in a movie. I need it. I want to make it through, like I said, like a long chase scene and I, I get a couple of good hits in and then I, I don't know, they find me and they like knock me down and I'm on my knees and I'm looking up at them and I'm like, do it, like fucking taunting them and they just fucking, fucking slash my neck open while I'm flipping them off or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I want to be like Tara Reid in... Um urban legend like i would love to have a moment like that where i have like a great chase scene and then you know in that scene like the killer brenda kills her off screen and like just like slashes like hits her with the axe where like uh natalie can't see anything no i want to mm-hmm. be seen i want i wanted the killer after i had that crazy chase scene with them like grab me by my hair and i'm like just fighting with every ounce that i have and then like maybe they maybe they, like i don't know like they cut a piece of my cheek or something and I'm just oozing blood all over the place and I'm like <gasps> and then the final girl you you can be the final girl in this movie and you're just mm. watching you're just staring at me as I'm, uh, I'm three stories high or something crazy and then I just want the killer to fucking start just sawing off my fucking head oh my as god a, <laughs> uh-huh. gonna put me through trauma uh, I don't want it to be like um that ghost in uh, Harry Potter, the one that is nearly headless Nick. I want it to be like nearly headless <laughs> Nick. And I, I don't want him to cut my head off the entire way. I want it to be like just dangling barely. And then I want him to grab my body and throw it over. And then I want my body to fall to the ground. And as soon as it hits the ground, like just the head pops right off and just pops off and it like rolls towards you. And like everybody is just dying. <laughs> I want him to nearly saw your head off. And then I want him to take it and fuck your face. <laughs> 
and then throw your head at me and then be like you're next <laughs> no, i will have the nearly sawed off and then take like a stick of dynamite and just like shove it in my, oh my god! <laughs> and then throw me over and when he throws me over i explode and my blood just splatters all over the place and it just rains it's raining blood. blood on me mm-hmm. yeah. and then we get a close-up of your face my blood like falls on you and like it sinks in that wow this is my best friend in the whole world just blowing your tattoo <laughs> your tattoo lands on my forehead <laughs> My balls just hit your head. Oh my God. I catch them. <laughs> and you're like, no. Adrian. So I need something. I need something epic like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Knowing my luck, it would be fucking Dana. And they would just stab me once with a garden tool. And, and then it would just disappear <laughs> from the movie. Uh, how do we feel kind of about like all these like quick, like back to back deaths? Because then Lauren gets killed in the bed. She just gets stabbed by Agnes. Uh, very akin, obviously, to the original. Where she gets stabbed with the glass unicorn like Barbara does. Um, and then, like, we kind of move on to, like, the final act. So like, do we care that much that they kind of just knocked all these girls off that quickly? Because I kind of enjoyed it, actually. Like, the little roulette of deaths. Yeah. I like it. I feel fed. Yeah, honestly, at this point, I, again, at this point in the movie, I thought it was fun. It was a fun, again, roulette of kills, and I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. And then we do get to the final act. Kyle randomly pops up again. Like, he is just... He... <sighs> He's the red herring. The entire like, time. the ultimate one. And it's just like, uh, he's just always around. I feel like they were trying to make him a red herring when they initially showed us the sex tape. Because, like, maybe he was looking to keep it a secret and starts murdering these girls. And um, so that's just the vibe that I got. So they just continually, like, have him pop up. It's, he's the Billy of the situation. Truly. That would have been kind of a gag if they did do something like that. Like if they fed us like all like in, in Billy's entire backstory and whatnot. And like, but the killer ended up being maybe like one of them or something. That would have been maybe kind of cool. I don't know. I mean, we'll never know, I guess. But yeah, he definitely is a red herring. Uh, but he does pop up after everybody else is dead and he tries to help Lee and Kelly. And he dies immediately. Like they bring him back just to die, pretty much, because then they go inside the attic because they realize that Melissa's cell phone's in the attic. Um, so they go up there, Agnes yanks him up there. Um, and as the girls break into the fucking attic, she stabs him in the face and then rips his eyes out. Lee falls through the fucking floor randomly. And then at that point, that's when Agnes reveals her all of her Christmas decorations made up of all of the remaining body parts of the sorority girls. And of course, you know, I was talking about family, yada, yada, yada. Kelly at one point, after fucking Lee like crashes through the fucking floor and disappears. <laughs> Kelly's like, your brother's not here, Agnes. None of us are your family. And she's like, no, my daddy's here. And then Billy <laughs> just like randomly pops up from the ground. And I'm like, what is, what is happening right. he comes out of one of those little hidey holes that he has everywhere he literally is spider-manning his way throughout this house like through the walls skittering complete rat behavior <laughs> not rat behavior very that genuinely how he I, I don't know and i don't like it like <laughs> i don't like thinking about like somebody in Living my in walls. The walls yes i think about it every day do you? Every day. I've I'm never like, thought about that. I'm like, so, just, just somebody can pop through the wall, girl. <laughs> like, what? I'm just here and I'm like, at any moment, somebody can just pop through these walls. Because of like a movie like this, because I'm just like, girl, I can't. Um, I'm always the, afraid that like somebody's like living in my house, like in a closet somewhere. The attic, but, we have two attics here, by the way. What? Where? Mm-hmm. Like two attic spaces. Uh, one in the office and then one in the master bedroom. 
And I don't oh, like connect to like, that. they don't connect yeah. like to the same space. I like to, and they're not like huge, obviously. Like they still, but still it's like very unnerving. Um, I, unless, uh, I don't record in the closet anymore. So like, Annalita doesn't have anything in the playroom closets. So I, in my head, somebody's living in my closet. There's a bathroom in here. There's a door to the outside in here. Um, so somebody could be living in this back room and I have no idea, but I've never thought about somebody <laughs> living in my walls until now. Mm. Okay. There's a movie that I want you to watch and we'll maybe watch it one day. Um, Yay. but it definitely does with living in the walls. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, anyways, everything happens. The tree catches fire. They are in this like little weird, like hidey hole center or like side of the house. I don't know. They're crawling around in the walls of the house pretty much girl. Um, but Lee is able to save Kelly as you know, Agnes and Billy are left to burn in hell. They leave a whole bunch of fucking gasoline behind and run out of the house. And I wish the movie would have ended there. Mm-hmm. But we get like an extra 15 minutes inside this hospital. And it is just like, I hate Too it. Too much. Like, I hate it. I cannot stand the end of this movie. I still can't stand in the end of this movie. I just, I don't like it. I don't like anything about it. I want to talk to the people that put Agnes and Billy in these body bags. Um, they should be because you need to lose your job. Yeah, you need to lose your job because these people are not. They very clearly have heartbeats. Clearly, when Billy when Billy opens the bag and like shows Agnes, like it literally looks like she got beauty rest. She looks great, and she's <laughs> like waking up fresh as a daisy. And I'm like, what is happening? And it's just annoying. And also, like security at this hospital needs to be upped. Like, I don't know what's happening because they get into the roof and just start crawling around. And I'm like, what? I hate it. I hate it so much. I don't think people are thinking about like that though. No, truly, honestly, yeah, I, I, I can definitely understand. You know, nobody like, understands the rat behavior. <laughs> but like, it's just so stupid to me. And then like, Lee is left alone for like two seconds, and then gets killed by Agnes. And then mm-hmm. Kelly comes back, and then they set up that the door locks itself. Which, come on, hospital! Like, you're. What if this patient's dying and you can't get into the room? A hospital would at least a decent hospital that doesn't want to get sued for medical malpractice would fucking fix this door. Because what if she was, I mean, as we see in this movie, getting fucking murdered and like, you can't get inside and help her. Like, it's just like, it's so stupid. Like everything that they set up in this hospital is stupid. Like there's nothing good I can say about it. It's dumb. Agnes gets defibrillator to death and it's like, okay. And then Billy's chasing after Kelly. And then like, they have like a small little chase scene before like he just, fucking flies off the balcony and gets impaled by a tree topper and like that's the end of the movie i'm like do we need any of that no i don't think so but uh i do like the shot of billy's like intestine his little kielbasa sausage wrapped around the fucking (laughs) tree branch i do like that but i didn't i didn't need that last 15 minutes like you said at all to me like what i really what i can potentially enjoy about the Agnes and Billy characters is like like their entire essence and trauma is like linked to this house um I understand that these girls lived in the house but like to me it just seems and I, I mean I guess they fought with them and they tried to burn them alive so they probably just have a, a vendetta against them at this point but like in my head like it just seems silly that they would like I don't know. It's just, it's just stupid. I hate it. I really do hate it. I wish it would have ended at the house. I wish we could have, you could have gave us these 15 extra minutes in the hospital to the house. And that gave us like more of an interesting ending at the house. Yeah. You could have given a couple more kills, more screen time, and it would have been great. I think again, they tried to give us too much and it fell short. 
Yeah. And quite honestly, I don't mind any of the movie up until the ending. I really feel like the ending is so sour. Like it's such a sour way to end the movie because it's just like not enjoyable and it's boring and it's stupid. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just not, I don't know. I just, ugh. I wish anything else could happen to be honest, <laughs> but um, everything else that they set out to do, I think I, they do well. Um, I don't know. I, like, It's fine, I guess. I enjoyed it. I don't hate this movie again. Um, I'm kind of disappointed now to talk about the ending again, because it is really disappointing to me. But everything else I think is fine and a good time. And I, I, again, even if it's really nasty and gnarly, I do tend to watch this movie almost every holiday season just because the aesthetic is everything. Like, I love it. And the cast, like, I could just watch them all day. Just sit in, I could just watch a live feed of them sitting in this living room and I would have a ball. Um, I might revisit it. I don't know. But I'm also not a person that, like, makes, like, there's not movies that I have to revisit at a certain time. Like, that's just not something that I've ever really done. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind watching it again, but I probably won't gonna go out of my way to. Um, for me, visuals are great. Music is great. Uh, even the score is really great. And quite honestly, shout out to the composer of this film, Shirley Walker, who unfortunately did pass away like a month before the movie was able to come out and be seen by her. Because uh, they did dedicate the movie, of course, to her memory as well. But like the sound of the composing and just everything that mm-hmm. they do in this movie, I think is probably top notch. Again, the visuals are really great. I love um, a lot of the direction as well. I love a lot of the shots. Um, I love the characters, but I will say the character development is not there like I don't care enough between or I don't care enough about the relationships between these girls they all hate each other so why should I care that they want to help each other um the sorority sister aspect of it isn't like pushed a lot which is fine like because if you didn't look at like 2019 like the sorority sister aspect in that movie is like fucking shoved down your throat and I just think sororities and fraternities are dumb in general so like I don't need that much dialogue but like if it's a cast of characters and you're all getting murdered, like I just want a little bit more between all of you and it just doesn't work. Um, and the backstory, although terrifying is like, just, it's a lot to deal with. And so, I don't know. I enjoy aspects of this movie, but I definitely think it, it probably could have just, you know, the wine scenes could have just stayed out of it. And I think we would have had a better movie, but it's still really fun. What would you rate this movie? Mm, probably like a two and a half oh mm-hmm. wow um like I said I really enjoyed the squish and I enjoy it a little bit more than um the original I don't even remember what I rated the original honestly I mean you cannot rate that anything lower than at least four no I don't know I, I don't know if we were rating it honestly back then I, I just like the squish but it's not a good movie it's not executed well like trying to think my right words I think I've said it several times throughout the pod is like you gave me too much and like that was the charm of the original movie is because we knew nothing about his killer and now we know everything about the killer down to his familial trauma and like it just didn't hit the way you expected it to. Yeah. Um, damn. I don't think I would rank it 
two and a half. I think I have it at a solid three, um, probably for sheer nostalgia because I, I mean, this was just a movie that I watched so much back in the day. And even now when I watch it, like I enjoy, again, everything that I enjoyed about it as a kid, I still enjoy now. I like the deaths, some of them. Um, I just like the bitchy comments to one another. It doesn't make them enjoyable as characters, but I just like, I love the actresses and I love their delivery. And um, I loud, I love loud Christmas music. Like, sorry, even when I worked retail, it never bothered me. I love Christmas music. Um, so yeah, it's a solid three for me, for sure. I feel like if I could take like the anonymous vibe of the killer from the first movie and then like the issues that we address and like the vibe of the first movie of the original with the gore of this remake, I would have my perfect movie. Uh, It would have been so, it would have been so nice. It really would have. And I, I wish that Glenn Morgan would have had the opportunity of doing what he wanted because that sounds like that was what he was aiming for um just disappointing mm, but you know she was say la vie and we will move on now and next week i'm very excited because we're going to be talking about p2 which is probably one of my favorite holiday horror movies in recent memory um so yeah i really enjoy that movie and i can't wait to talk about it with some very special guests of course a a a a but Stormy, where can everybody find us? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle at slash underscore her underscore pod. You can find us on pretty much every streaming platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. You can email us at slash her pod at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us for another holiday horror. Uh, yeah, stay spooky, guys. Stay spooky, everybody. Bye. Bye.